Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Everything Iconic Pop Dive with me, Danny Pellegrino, where my guests and I dive into iconic pop culture touchstones. Today we are diving into my best friend's wedding. The film was released on June 20th, 1997 and made $299 million worldwide on a budget of just $38 million. Set in Chicago, the movie stars Queen Julia Roberts as Jules, a woman who's desperately trying to woo her best friend away from his bride-to-be, played by Queen Cameron Diaz. The movie featured a hit soundtrack, it was nominated for Academy Awards and Golden Globes, and it was remade in China in 2016. This iconic film has a brilliant script, a perfect ensemble cast, catchy music, and one of my all-time favorite endings. I invited my best friend, Jillian Corbett, over to discuss the legacy of the film and so much more. Jessica Green, host of the Big Day podcast, also pops by for a little wedding-themed lightning round. This is an Everything Iconic pop dive into 1997's My Best Friend's Wedding. Michael and Julianne have been best friends for years. The one constant thing in my life is that he'll always be there. But they were never more than that. Call me four in the morning, whatever, we gotta talk. Until he popped the question. I called because I met someone. To someone else. Well. We're getting married. He was in love with me every day for nine years. Me? I can see why. Look, she has known him for, what, like five seconds? I can't lose him, George. I'm a busy girl. I've got four days to break up a wedding and steal the bride's father. Just tell him you love him. I, I, I realize this comes at a very inopportune time. Marry me. TriStar Pictures presents... I'm the bad guy. A story about finding the love of your life. Do you really love him? And deciding... Or is this just about winning? What to do about it? I trusted you. Just tell me what. Why did you trust me? No, why did you pretend to be my friend? Julia Roberts. Oh. Dermot Mulroney. And Cameron Diaz. Michael! Lovely together. My best friend's wedding. Michael! That's our maid of honor. She's from New York. Hello, you guys. I'm here with my very best friend, Jillian Corbett. Hi. I call her baby girl. Baby boy. Which, um, if you guys watch the comeback, you know, Valerie Cherish calls Juna baby girl. That's where we got it from. Baby girl. So you're a huge comeback fan, but you're also a huge Julie Roberts fan. I am. The diehard. No one's love of Jules is as great as your love of Jules. Uh, What's your favorite Jules movie? Probably Pretty Woman, because that's like kind of where I fell in love, but Steel Mags is like... I love me some steel yeah. mags. Like, I love that movie. I can't even. Yeah. It's the best. So. You know, you'll have to just do every pop dive with me for okay, Julie Roberts films. But I had, you know, I struggled with this decision. I was like, which one do I have Jill do the pop dive with? And, you know, I just watched Pretty Woman. I thought yeah. that'd be a great choice. I love Pretty <sighs> she's Woman. The best. Um, she's so fucking charming in Pretty Woman. And that totally. was early on in her career. And I feel like she 
became an A-lister around that time. Mm-hmm. And not to say that she's a bad actress by any means. She's fantastic. But I think it's her charm that makes her so compelling. compelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like her chemistry with Richard Gere, who was 41 and she was 23. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. And just seeing her laugh and smile is what it makes you feel good. Even if the acting is terrible, which again, I'm not saying it's not, but it's not the best early on in her career. Sure. But that smile, that laugh is uh, just like, it catapulted her and she completely. can light up a room with that smile. She's just got that, like that charm. That, that, factor, that yeah. absolute, I feel like she just attracts people. That mm-hmm. energy attracts people and yeah. that like happiness. Like and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, I mean, we're practically like her. Us. It's fine. Just like <laughs> so it's anyway, fine. I decided my best friend's wedding because you're my absolute BFF. Yes. Like you're my number one. You're the person I'd call if I had a body barrier or if I needed to bury body. Not yeah, I and I would one, probably I would. be like, we should hire somebody for this. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if we could do it. Um, but you are my number one, and I thought my best friend's wedding's perfect. And I also perfect. love, I think my best friend's wedding is like a perfect rom-com and also a, a very unconventional romantic comedy because of the ending, which we'll get to. We're going to kind of mm-hmm. run through the movie. But also, Jules in that movie is such an unlikable character. But because it's Julie Roberts, she's still lovable. She's so fucking charming that you love Jules in the movie. She plays Jules in the movie. I, I just find this movie so interesting because the script is not what you would necessarily think of for like a romantic lead for Jules. Right. I mean, she's smoking in the movie, and like right. that's screenwriting convention would lead you to believe that you can't have your lead female in a romantic comedy smoking. Totally. And she's just got cigarettes throughout. And I love that. And I always say with Sex in the City, I loved when Carrie smoked. It made her a little bit more realistic and badass. It's real. It's a part of mm-hmm. her personality. And it's not just like the sunshine all the time. You know, nobody's right. perfect. Like right. humans have flaws. And, and so vices. it just exposes that. But I totally agree. And I think, um, not that, by the way, not so... that I support smoking. I well, no, smoking. of course. Yeah. We're both like <laughs> so anti-smoking but still it's it's good for the character to to be able to do it (laughs) for sure but i feel like cameron diaz in the movie plays like the (gasps) conventional like and she's fun and you know great and and she's also i think just wonderfully compelling Mm -hmm. and people like her and actually i think cameron diaz plays a really good unlikable character you know she really does a good job at that but in this movie she's supposed to be like just cheery and she's great and jules is supposed to be kind of the troublemaker evil scammer and little exactly i know it's like it's hard for me to call her evil but evil Um, she does she plays that she she does some shit like if if somebody did that in Mm -hmm. real life i'd be like that person's awful like she's a bad person and then i was like oh wait but i think it's fine when jules does it like i need to check myself but yeah she remains likable because of her personality and everything she brings to the table. Yeah. So uh, just- Okay, so we're going to run through this movie fairly quickly um, because then I have some questions. We open with a song. Just wishing and hoping and thinking and praying, planning and dreaming his kisses will start that won't get you into his heart. Music is so important to this movie. 100%. And I love that it just opens with this completely unrelated character. And it's sort of a very choreographed Bob Fosse. Maybe not Bob Fosse, but it's like a choreographed... Bob Fosse-esque. Yeah, it's like a a dance singing number Mm -hmm. in the opening of this movie. And these characters are not going to be in the film. Of course, it's wedding related, so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit connected. But it just sets the tone for music being so important. We have another huge musical scene, but the soundtrack was also really popular. And the soundtrack was great. Yeah, I totally had that CD. 
right? Yes. And then the first person we see is sort of in the film is Jules and her gay. Is this a real interview or just some cute guy that you're trying to set me up with? Please, Julianne, I don't send you men anymore. You haven't got the first idea what to do with them. Hey, it's Michael. Jules, it must be uh, months, huh? Who called? Man of the moment. No, the opposite. Why Michael? Kindred spirits, eh? No, he's nothing like me. He's like you, actually. Only straight. I remember this one night in Tucson, like six years ago. He takes a razor out of this tiny little dop kit, cuts his finger, takes my hand, does the same to me. Oh, I'm gonna be sick. He says, swear, when we're 28, if we've never married, we marry each other. <laughs> we never talked about it again. I don't know what made me think of that. You're about to be 28 in three weeks, right? How old's he? You think? Desperate to talk. Watching it back is sort of left me shook (laughs) because Jules is 28. Oh my God. And I thought, wow, we're old. No. (laughs) I immediately thought we probably had a similar pact. Like, I feel like there's an agreement that at some point, if things went wrong with Matt and Jay, like, we would just spend our life together. Also, we probably will anyway. And that'll just be, yeah, most likely. It's fine. Jules is 28 and she's like, I had this pact and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh my God, 28 seems so young to have a pact where it's like, if we're not married. Well, but back then, like people are getting married yeah. back way back way then. Back people are getting married at like 22. My parents got married at 20 and 21, like so young. So we're old. It's also, fine. by the way, she's a <laughs> successful food critic at 28. And I was like, God, right. my life was a mess Ugh. at 28. I'm 32 now and yeah. it's still a mess. Like we're still figuring things out. I know. <laughs> then we're introduced to a very important character into this film, her cell phone. Which is the the biggest cell phone I've ever seen. And this was, of course, 96. So then she gets on the phone with Michael. Michael says he met someone named Kimmy. Oh, Kimmy. Kimmy is 20. She's a junior at the University of Chicago. And Jules freaks out. She starts smoking. (laughs) She freaks out to know that Michael has another woman. And speaking of ages, Kimmy's 20. Kimmy's 20? Yeah, that's what they said. She's a junior. Wow, yeah. And then she leaves college. Kimmy leaves college for the man. That's, That's surprising. Up. Don't do that. Like, don't ladies. do that. Stay in school. Stay Get in married. Like, stay in school. Wait a couple like. of years. Like, you don't have to drop out of school yeah, for the totally. guy. So Jules immediately flies to Chicago with this plan to break them up. Jules gets to Chicago. She meets Michael at the airport. They have like a little kiss. It's like their first kiss when they meet at the airport. They sort of bump into each other, lock lips. Right. believe I'm going to do this? Not hardly. Can women and straight guys be friends? I don't. Straight women and straight men be friends? As long as one of them isn't wanting something else, I think yes. But I think it's really hard. Like if it's a, if one is attached, I think it's really hard if the other one isn't or could potentially picture it and be like, well, this is my best friend. And, you know, I think, but I don't know. Women are so much more intellectual than men. Right more dimensional right yes mm-hmm. and complex totally. and i think it's hard for straight men to be able to relate to that so i think it is rare I, yeah. i'm not saying it can't happen and right. it doesn't happen but i think it is rare because straight i don't want to say straight men are simple well <laughs> i mean are. a little bit They're it's a, a thing simple. like yeah. i mean women every... and gay men have more complex totally yeah. they do you know kimmy is such a nightmare when we first meet her and she's driving crazy and all that but I think, like, if I were to see Jules and Michael together for the first time, yeah. like, at the airport when they're together, I would be a little upset if I was Kimmy. Oh, totes. They, yeah. they have that little bump and kiss, but they yeah. also are sh- exchanging these 
very romantic Intimate. looks throughout the whole movie, and especially when they first meet. And I think I would be pissed if I was Kimmy. Yeah. Their friendship is so intimate. Their relationship is so intimate, regardless of if it's sexual or not. Like, it's yeah. it's an intimate relationship, and that's always a little bit intimidating or can be intimidating to a partner. So now we're in Chicago. They're driving from the airport to the Drake Hotel. We both lived in uh, Chicago together for a while. I love the Drake. I'm staying there in a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, Chicago in general is the best. Uh, I love Chicago. Yeah. And um, on the way from the airport to the hotel... Kimmy is mentioning the only women in her bridal party are her cousins, and she describes them as vengeful sluts. Her beautiful cousins. <laughs> like, oh, my. I love the cousins oh my so, gosh. so much. They're so, like... Amazing, what's, brilliant, beautiful. It's not a word that is not a word. Keeps going through my head, and I'm like, don't say that. Say it's not it, a word. Let's like, see. They're just malicious. That is that um, is a word. But, like, they're vengeful and malicious, they're vengeful and sluts. I like it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> how, that's how they're described. Like, yeah. And what a character trait. I like, Right <laughs> off the bat... Hope be, to play a vengeful slut one I day. Know. Like, and oh. one of the cousins is Rachel Griffin. Mm-hmm. I think it's Griffiths. Anyway, Rich she's from G. that show, uh, Brothers and Sisters and Six mm-hmm. Feet Under. Yes. I love these cousins. And so she makes Jules the maid of honor, which is weird. I mean, that's sort of a thing you just have to suspend disbelief for. Right, but. exactly. And again, Kimmy's crazy, but like likably crazy. So yes. early on in Chicago, Jules goes to a baseball game with Michael and his family, the groomsmen. Her and Michael have like a little conversation. And Michael says that she was always bad at the yucky love stuff. Like, always bad at the PDA, the public, all that stuff. And I wondered, what's your take on PDA? You know, I... The yucky love stuff. I'm pretty affectionate. Like, I feel like I like being affectionate. I mean, you know, I used to, like, really like making out at bars. Like, hardcore, like, drunk makeouts. Like, I don't know. But it it also took me a really long time to get over that. Like, I was a a full grown-up. Like, literally last year like, this is a great (laughs) idea. Like, this is fine. And now I see that and I was like... Oh God! What? What? What's we would wrong go with out, me? <laughs> we would go out, and I would be like, "Where'd Joe go?" And she'd just be making, making out, out with some, some boy. <laughs> and you thought you loved it. I would always oh say to you, God. "I was like, Jill, you can't just be making out with me right. in public." But I'm also it's like, I'd be college. like, "Okay, make out," and then I'd leave. Like, leave. Like, yeah. I'm like, it would not go ever, prudish, any further. <laughs> like, but I'm like violently making out with these people. Like okay, in we're front of everyone. Whitney, I need to cut this. Whitney, Jane, Jane, Jane. We need to flag it. <laughs> I need to know that I'm being hurt. All this is NG. No good. <laughs> um, but you would, yeah, you but, would just... But I am affectionate. Like, I, I feel like I like being affectionate. I mean, I think there's a, a, you know, a line to draw between being affectionate, but I think it's, I think especially in today's world where there is so much, like, anger and all that sometimes, it's nice to see two people, like, hugging and kissing and standing close and, like, being affectionate towards one another and loving towards one another. So, like, I'm I'm good with it. In that regard. Yeah. Like, totally good with it in that regard. And I enjoy it. Like, yeah. I like it. So then um, we mm-hmm. see them at this karaoke scene. And Jules is laugh and smile. At one point, she laughs and smiles in this scene. And I wrote down in my notes that it can just light up the world. I, I mean, that smile, the million-dollar smile. And I, like, my heart just, like, like fluttered a little. I was like, yes. It's beautiful. Like It her, is beautiful. We need more light in the grin. world. We need more light in the world, right. for sure. Okay, so they're at the karaoke place, and Jules makes Kimmy sing. And I mm-hmm. like, what a bitch. She <laughs> like, was really forceful. Like she was. was. Yeah. But it ends up working out for Kimmy because she is charming and then Jules is like fuck like I you know I'm trying to make her look like an idiot and she ends up looking like this glowing fun person because she handles it so well and she's like I know I can't sing don't know just what to do with myself I'm so used to doing everything for you Everything for two. And now 
her ownership of like not being able to sing well is is totally like charming yeah. and everybody's like okay you know like she has confidence and she's still doing it but yeah it was pretty mean of Jules like she does so a lot of mean, mean things she in does this movie. so many mean things so and I'm many. like what other actress could get pull by it off and, and then still be off. lovable at the end yeah so after the karaoke performance Jules and Michael Dermot Maroney they hang out and they let Kimmy go to home Go to home. Go to home. She had to go, <laughs> go to home. To home. <laughs> Jules and Michael are eating by the above ground train in Chicago. Oh, yes. They're having a snack. And we lived in Chicago and we would hate that fucking above ground train. <laughs> uh, but you know what? There's something. It's funny. I hated it in the moment. And I also like hated it when I was trying to talk on the phone and then right. it goes by and you're like, I'm on the phone. Excuse me. Literally, like, we would be on the phone with each other, and then we'd have to wait like two like, minutes. Hold on. The train, uh, the train is going by. by. Do you remember that time you got really drunk at a work party? And fell asleep on the L and ended up in, like, a part of Chicago that, like, probably shouldn't have been at, at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, mm-hmm, I remember that. Oh, uh, you were and asleep for a couple hours. And I was too poor to, like, go get a taxi, and yeah. I had to get back on the L. <laughs> yeah, that you was a tough. Mm-hmm. after being on the yeah. L for hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm really proud of myself <laughs> so for that. <laughs> Jane, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, we need to cut that. Uh, anyway, th- then Jules tricks Michael into wanting a new job. She introduces this plot point of, like, my- maybe, Michael, you want a new job. And then she eventually convinces Kimmy oh, yeah. to trick Michael into getting this job. And it's just more scamming from Manipulation. Jules. Like, it's pure manipulation. But, like, I've never heard people say they don't like this movie it's a fun like loving movie and even though she's doing all these nasty like manipulative things she somehow has this lightness and like makes it fun and loving yeah and she has these looks with michael which i mentioned earlier and it these looks are what convinces her to keep going along with the plot you know he's giving her a little bit just enough totally. to he's keep giving her, her enough, exactly. Yeah, and it is sort of a hard performance from his end because he does have to give her enough, but also not too much. Com- not too much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she, he does give her a little bit, and then she calls us George. Uh, George. And when she calls him the first time, he's just like hanging out with his gays and his women, like yep. having dinner, and she's just leaving a, a voicemail, and she's like, "You need to, you know, come, come on me. over here." And so he does come, and then this sets off like what I think is the most electric ten minutes of cinema of all time. <laughs> it's when George arrives. Yes, his arrival is. Wonderful. Who's that guy? Uh, it's George. 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 I've told you about George. He's yeah. my editor. What's he doing here? You working this weekend? No. Um, he's here to be with me. Why? Because he's he's my friend. He's he's my good friend. My best friend these days. And oh, you've been busy. He's racing back to New York. He just came in for a few hours to uh. To uh, fuck me. Rupert Everett is so funny. His chemistry with Jules is mm. so funny. And he should have been a big star. I know Jules at one point, I was watching an interview from an old talk show, and Jules said, you know, he's the next Cary Grant or whatever. Totally. And there was talk at the time about him being nominated for an Oscar for the role. And it really, if you rewatch it and you just pay attention to those 10 minutes, it's like electricity's in the air when he comes to visit Jules. Completely. Jules says he's marrying her. Right. And then, but he likes to act gay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so fucking funny. And he does it. It's so, it's so enjoyable and delightful. There's also the best use of the F word I've ever seen in a PG-13 movie. So this is PG-13. Oh. And in a PG-13 movie, you're only allowed to say one F word. You get one swear word, one fuck. I don't know why I'm saying F word. You get one <laughs> fuck. And Rupert Everett comes and Jules tells Michael, you know, he's just visiting for a couple hours. He has to get back to New York. She says, he just came to fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's the perfect. only F word in the movie, the only fuck, and it's used 
perfectly, perfectly. flawlessly. And then George meets the other uh, members of the wedding party, and then yep. they have that the cousins, I- the cousins, the vengeful sluts, <laughs> and then they have that iconic scene where they sing, "I say a little prayer for you." I run for the bus, dear. While riding, I think of us, dear. I say a little prayer for you. At work, I just take time. And all through my coffee break time, I say a little prayer for you. Forever and ever, you say my heart. just like a fantasy sequence in this movie but it's so like delightful it's it's such a memorable scene that i think people are like i want that experience because it's like everybody coming together and that connectivity and you know that that the charm of everybody just being like yeah this is normal we're singing in the middle of a restaurant it's beautiful it's fine it's a beautiful fantasy sequence. Again, more music in the film. It's almost cartoonish in the way that it's done and Completely. presented. But like, you can't watch it and not be smiling and having the right. best time. And it doesn't take you out of the movie. Like sometimes when movies do things that are that like jarring, I suppose you could say that it takes you out of the movie and you're like, this is not real. Mm-hmm. But it's you're totally you're going along with it. You're it like, yes, you yeah. this works. It flows. I wonder if it happened earlier in the film if you would be able to buy it. Yeah, but I don't maybe know. by this time it's like yeah. you're on board. You're just on board with like the flow of the movie. But George leaves and again it was so electric and he should be a huge star. And then Michael and Jules go on this boat ride. Mm-hmm. Right? And again, he's giving her just enough to keep going. You've sort of been, you know, the woman in my life. You've been the man in mine. And I was thinking this could be our last time uh, alone. Together, you know. Except that hot affair we'll have twice a year. Except for that. And they even slow dance it on the boat. Right. And he sings to her. And it's I thought, super like, intimate. We wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't, we like, might. It's well, fine. we might we, do we, it, but- after all, in the shower on the cruise, like we probably would do that, like a hundred percent. Jill and I want a free cruise one day. The Bud Light Party cruise. We do- donated ninety nine cents worth of tomato paste and won two tickets to the Bud Light Party yeah. cruise. We, but we went on this cruise, and it was free Bud Light, like throughout the oh entire God. cruise. They would call, like the <laughs> the captain would get on the megaphone and be like, like every hour, every hour or something. They'd be like, okay, free Bud Light in the pool deck or wherever. And then we'd like sprint there. And they were like 16 ounce cans, like those blue 16 ounce cans. They weren't the, like, they were big. Big. And we have never drank that much beer in my life. Oh my gosh. We were just such messes on this cruise ship. Like at one point, I think we went to the casino deck in our underwear. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) We were. I'm pretty sure. We were like, we don't know anyone on here. It was like a really trashy crowd. Yeah. (laughs) And you had just come out. Like, just, I remember we were thinking gay. about getting t-shirts that said, like, I'm with the gay or something like that. Because yeah. we were so proud of, you know, that revelation and, and like, just so excited about it. Yeah. Our room was tiny, like smaller than your office yeah, here. Teeny, teeny, tiny. There's a bed <laughs> in it. Like, we're, we're 
in a tiny little shower. Yeah, we were um, showering together, but we had bathing suits. In bathing on. suits, like nothing sexual. But we were just singing after all. So and there's video of it. I mean, again, after we were all. we did have some clothes on. We weren't like full yeah. naked, but not that. But it I still think this boat ride going. I think this boat trip was more intimate. I think because at least super we were blacked intimate. out. <laughs> yeah, we were blacked out and didn't know what we were doing. Um, but they were completely um, sober on this boat. And I was, thought like, it was super intimate. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it's like you know, Jules was definitely the bad you know, the bad guy in this movie, but Michael wasn't really very innocent either. I mean, he totally like kept pulling her along and, you know, gave her enough to hang on to. Yeah. And this propels her forward to do the email thing where she like sets up this email at Michael's father-in-law's office. And then she doesn't end up sending it. Like she stops herself from sending it, but she saves it for later. And then she realizes after leaving the office, she's got to delete that email. She doesn't want him to see it because Mm -hmm. she did this horrible, awful thing. And then she realizes it. So she does have some sort of conscience. Right. And she tries to get back in the office, but she can't. Michael can't get her there. And there's a lot of like clunky 1990s tech stuff. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of But it works. But it works. (laughs) We love it. But it's really horrible. What she's doing is terrible. It is. It's evil. It's mean. And it's like even though that she, she realizes it's awful... She still did it. Right. Exactly. And she can't get back in the office. Right. And she has nowhere to go from there. So, exactly. And then she even puts on the ring because he gave her the ring and she puts it on her finger and she gets the ring stuck on her finger. Yeah. And then she smokes a cigarette with Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti plays like a bellhop and then she has a cigarette. But so then the wedding's called off. Michael finds out about Mm -hmm. this whole thing. He calls off the wedding and there's like a brunch, a family brunch the next day. And Michael says he's not going to show up. He's the wedding's off. Right. And then he eventually ends up showing up and then he's still on the fence. He's at this point. He's he's like, doesn't know if he can trust Kimmy because Jules has pitted him against her. Yeah. He goes back and he says, no, I, I think I might marry her. They're not sure. Jules shows up to the brunch. And then Jules really goes for it and she kisses him. Michael, I love you. I've loved you for nine years. I've just been too arrogant and scared to realize it. And well, now I'm just scared. So I, I, I realize this comes at a very inopportune time, but I really have this gigantic favor to ask of you. Choose me. Marry me. Let me make you happy. That sounds like three favors, doesn't it? And this is like the worst thing so far that Jules has done, right? Totally. She just kisses him and Kimmy sees it. Yeah. And then Kimmy runs off. Michael chases Kimmy. Oh my gosh, Jules chases Michael. Yes. In the chasing scene, how mm-hmm. beautiful she looks when she's chasing. Uh, she's so angelic. I'm like, damn. <laughs> if both- I could look that good, like I'd be like a hot rage. Like I would look like <laughs> a hot mess, like be sweating everywhere. Like, <laughs> like I know. We would just such be a mess. And she's sweat. just angelic. She's just like casually beautiful panicking and chasing people. Yeah. It's totally fine. No, she looks she looks beautiful. And then Jules has to find Kimmy and, and get her. Kimmy goes to the baseball bathroom. Yeah. And she's just hiding out there crying. That's right. And Jules has to get Kimmy back to the wedding. She's mm-hmm. got to get her back on board. And Kimmy just goes after Jules in that bathroom. Oh, yeah. Who the hell do you think you are? came here pretending to be my friend and i made you my maid of honor who asked you to do that you knew me what eight minutes 
Michael trusted you, so I trusted you. You wanted to keep me close. You didn't trust me for a second. I was right. Well, of course you were right, but that's not my fault. You kissed him at my parents' house on my wedding day. Tramp. Shut up. Now, I love this man, and there is no way that I'm going to give him up to some two-faced, big-haired food critic. So deserved. Like, totally, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I love that scene so much because there's all those other women, like, Watching. rallying behind Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And one of the women is this woman named Davina, which this is such a weird bit of trivia <laughs> that I hate that I remember, but I remember. I love that you remember it. So Davina was a regular on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Yeah, like, she used to compete, and I don't remember the details, but Davina used to be on the Rosie O'Donnell show as, like, a trivia person or something. Like, they would play these games with Davina. And then I remember Davina was, like, a featured extra. She has one line in My Best Friend's Wedding. But it was... I had no idea. I hate that I remember that. No, I love it. Jules eventually convinces Kimmy to get back to the wedding. Right. And to not call it off. And so then they go through with the wedding. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Then we it's cut perfect. to... perfect. We cut to their reception, and Jules is giving the speech, and Jules does one last bitchy thing, and she says, I didn't get you a gift. (laughs) I had the strangest dream. I dreamt that some psychopath was trying to break the two of you up. (laughs) Luckily, I woke up and I see that the world is just as it should be. For my best friend has won the best one. I didn't get you a gift. (laughs) However, this is on loan until you two find your soul. You know what, Jules? Couldn't even get a Jules, come on. That's the least you could do. (laughs) That's really the most offensive thing she's done. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Exactly. Like, spend spend the money, buy a nice present. (laughs) What's the rule on a a present? You get three months or something after a wedding to Uh, send a present? Yeah, it's something like that. I've even heard up to a year, but I don't know what the rule is. Like, I don't know what it is. That would give me too much anxiety to not give a gift right away. I get it, like, three months ahead of time because it's like, okay, I got the invitation. I'm going to forget to do it. I'm just going to buy the gift. Right. Plus, then you'll be on the registry. Like, I can't tell you how many friends I've waited, and then I am like buying them a trash can or a knife, and I'm like, <laughs> "Happy wedding!" Like, <laughs> you're trash. <laughs> like, or knife yourself. Ugh. Yeah, Jules gives a great speech, though. It's like it is nice. She loans them yes. her song. And totally, it's, it's a cute speech. Before we get to the real ending, the original ending, which they filmed, shot, and they showed to test audiences, mm-hmm. was Jules was sitting at the wedding alone. And then John Corbett, who plays Aiden on Sex and the City, he shows up and sort of whisks Jewel off her feet or whatever. Like right. they have like a little romantic thing, and then the movie ends. Yeah. Hi. I'm uh I'm Andy Connolly. We haven't met. Am I on a call here? Yeah, sorry about that. <clears throat> hey, do you think you might want to go in there and have a dance? And they showed this to test audiences, and people didn't want Jules to be with another man at the ending. And so they reshot it and re edited this new ending where Rupert Everett shows up. Hello, George. Hey, gorgeous. Having a good time? Not particularly, but I did what I came to do. What, you split them up? No, I said goodbye. Good girl. Proud of you. I'd be proudest too if you were dancing. Hmm. I have big plans for dancing. Just give me 30 
35 years. Oh, the misery, the exquisite tragedy, the Susan Haywood of it all. <laughs> I can just picture you there, sitting alone at your table in your lavender gown. Did I tell you my gown was lavender? Hair swept up, haven't touched your cake. Probably drumming your fingernails on the white linen tablecloth, where you do when you're really feeling down. Perhaps even looking at those nails, thinking, God, I should have stopped in all my evil plotting to have that manicure. But it's too late now. George, I didn't tell you my dress was lavender. Suddenly, a familiar song. The moment I wake up, before you... Then you're off your chair in one exquisite movement. Wandering, searching, sniffing the wind like a dappled deer. Has God heard your little prayer? Will Cinderella dance again? And then, suddenly, the crowds part. And there he is. Sleek, stylish, radiant with charisma. Bizarrely, he's on the telephone. But then, so are you. And he comes towards you. The moves of a jungle cat. And although you quite correctly sense that he is... Like most devastatingly handsome single men of his age are... You think... What the hell? Life goes on. Maybe there won't be marriage. Maybe there won't be sex. But by God, they'll be dancing. the most I think the best scene in the movie like I love it's great I love that we just watched it before we started this and it's just so beautiful he shows up he dances with her she looks stunning oh I literally I can't purple dress oh she's perfect yeah she's perfect flawless skin they dance and he sort of sings to her and I think like that's why this movie's legacy is so great because women and gay men can watch it together and love it together. And I think there's something so relatable about Jules's relationship with not just Michael, but with George. Mm-hmm. Played by Rupert Completely. Everett. Yeah. Right. Like I think you yep. see yourself, I see our relationship. It's such a genuine friendship, right. you know, and it's, it's, they've got each other's back. They're there for each other. Like whatever you need. And the vengeful sluts are singing with the band. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What do you think about a band versus a DJ at a wedding? You know, I've gone back and forth. I used to always say band just cause I thought it was the best, but DJs are so fun. Like I think yeah. it's great. And but I love this band. If this band was available, band. if the vengeful sluts were available with, I would absolutely band. come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> okay. So that's the movie. It's so good. So heartwarming. It makes you feel so, so good. And yeah. I need escapism now more than oh, ever. Completely. I always go back to these movies. Completely. Well, that's the thing. I feel like, you know, I love some of the stuff that's being made today, but like, I want to escape. I want to like go see Ocean's 8 and like watch something silly with a bunch of women who are awesome oh, and unique and like the fashion is fun. The personalities are quirky and you just escape for an hour and a half. Like that's to me like the beauty of cinema. Well, and you know, these superhero movies, which I like superhero movies i'm not not totally. that but when you go to them their whole goal is to get your adrenaline rushed and right. get you excited for the climax and the action and all that stuff and it's like i don't always want to go into a movie and have my adrenaline 
No. Like I want to be able to watch a movie and relax and settle into something where I can shut everything off and have my senses come down because my senses are also heightened normally. I I was going to say, we have enough anxiety (laughs) and adrenaline. I don't need a movie to give me that. Yes, it's fun. I do. I also love, you know, action and superhero movies, but I want to like sit in a movie and just like relax and enjoy and just like, I want my senses to come down. Totally. And be relaxed and calm and enjoy. So this movie, it was so popular. It did huge business. They were huge superstars before sort of an after it made superstars out of, Cameron Diaz and Dermot Maroney. Right. But where do you think this franchise could or should go? Or do you think Ooh. it should just be left at that? They remade it as like a Chinese film. Oh. And I, I wonder that. if I'm sure they're going to reboot it or remake it or sequelize it soon. I'm sure they will. I personally, like there are some things I, I, I like sequels. Like I'm not anti-sequel. I'm not anti uh, bringing something back by any <laughs> means. Anti-anxiety. I'm not anti that, <laughs> but this is perfect. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Like I don't think it needs to be done again. Again, realistically, is is that going to happen? No, somebody will do it probably because it's great and it's a fun story. Yeah, I think. But like, I wish go- they would sort of just leave happen. it alone. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. sort of wish they would leave it alone. Like I don't want a sequel for sure. I think it's really good where it is and a remake. Yeah, somebody will remake it. And I'll see it, of course. Yeah, we'll be there opening But day. like, <laughs> exactly, like the midnight showing. But I would really like it to be left alone because I think it's perfect yeah. as is. Yeah, and it still holds up so well. But I just think nowadays it's like we're going to be remaking all of these popular things. Right. Well, and I think our generation too, like our age group especially, is very nostalgic and we right. want everything to come back. I mean, how excited were we for like Will and Grace to come back or the comeback? You know, like I and I welcome this those things. This is my comeback. This is my comeback. <laughs> But in terms of my best friend's wedding... At first I was afraid. <laughs> in terms of my best friend's wedding remake, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. Ugh, I God. would actually not mind. I think that Kimmy and Michael would have gotten a divorce. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think see, they were too young. I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I think they would have worked hard enough. Like, I honestly don't think I agree with that. And I don't want to agree with that. Like, I just want it to be like this mystical, like, oh, they loved each other. It was great. Sure. I mean, that's like, how you leave you know, these movies. You want to be what I want it to be. fairy tale like, and stuff. But I sort of, I don't know. I wouldn't mind like my best friend's divorce where Michael and Jules are single again. And then they have to decide, like, are they meant, like, now they're both single or maybe maybe Michael's single. Michael gets a divorce from Kimmy and then Michael's and they do it backwards. sees Jules as in another relationship and he's mm-hmm. like, well, did I miss this opportunity? I think that would be good. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just love it how it is. Do you think after it ended, do you think Kimmy and Jules would have been friends? Mm, I think it would have been fake. Like, I don't think it would have been a sincere friendship. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of like leave well enough alone. Like we'll get along. We'll see each other at the holidays. Like it will be fine, but I don't think they were about to be besties. So do you think the marriage would have driven Michael and Jules apart? Yeah, a little bit. A got, little bit. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, Jill, baby girl. Baby boy. I love this movie so, so much. Me too. I talk about it forever. And I love you so, so I much. I love you so much, so much. Where can people find you on social media? Um, at Jillian Laughs on Instagram. Um, well, I thank you so much for doing this. We do have one more other wedding-related thing for this episode. So my friend Jessica Green, she hosts a podcast called The Big Day. And it's this great wedding podcast. It's fantastic. She invites people on to talk about their wedding days and their wedding planning and all that stuff. And I thought it'd be great for this episode because I did a little pop culture lightning round with her. Oh, perfect. All related to wedding stuff. And Jessica's great. So please go check out our podcast. We'll talk a little bit about that. So please stick around. Jill, I love you so much. I love you. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Okay, so I do these pop culture lightning rounds, and I want to do a lightning round with you, but it's wedding specific. So it's not so much pop culture. There's a, a couple thrown in, but um, so just answer these as quick, or you can expand as much as you want. There are no rules here. I love <laughs> that because no I hate to be put in a box. <laughs> yes. Okay, what's the biggest mistake people make at their wedding? The groom. What do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it's about their groom. Yeah, yeah. No, um, the biggest mistake people make is that it has to be perfect. I mean, that's just it. It's, it's really about the love. And if you're concentrating all your time and energy on the color of your napkins and if they match the ribbon in your bouquet, then you're just concentrating on the wrong thing. So just forgetting that it's about love is the biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the most overrated tradition? Ooh, overrated. Yeah. The first dance. Oh. I think because yeah. first off, it's so awkward for the people that are watching you. <laughs> you're like, okay, and now the first dance and you're out there with your husband and your or your wife or your whatever you want to call yourself. And you're now everyone's just supposed to watch you dance. Like, and then you're doing this awkward, like prom hands on shoulder, hand on waist thing, Mm -hmm. or you've choreographed something, which is even more scary because, wow, did you really take the time and money? (laughs) You're not dancing this stars. You're like at your wedding. Yeah. It's not a performance. So I say just, I don't know what my husband and I did, which was really great, is that when I told him, whatever song comes on that kind of like inspires you, just ask me to dance. I love that. Um, I never told you this before, but I was in a show called Tony and Tina's Wedding. I know the show. Did you know you know yes, that show? Of and it was every night of the week. This was back in Chicago. We would do a wedding. We would put on a wedding like five nights. So I was in the show five nights a week, I think. And so I was literally going to. It's a, the show is basically dinner theater. So people, the audience members, are going to this wedding as they're clinking their utensils on their plates. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like they would do that. They would. We were performing as people in the wedding. I played a groomsman and the groom at different points in the show, but it was five nights a week of me going to a wedding. And it just made me so averse to weddings. Like the traditional, <laughs> it made me like, I don't want to be in the traditional wedding yeah. thing because I it was performing it constantly. Yeah, and that's we would, crazy. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Um, okay, so live band or DJ? DJ, yeah, I think. Because I you can listen to any, you don't want to hear some wedding band do a cover of Kesha. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> you want to play, what do you want to play? I never understood the live band thing. I, mean, I guess if you get a really good one. Um, my best friend's wedding or runaway bride? My best friend's wedding. Yeah. 
It's a classic. It's so good, right? Cam and Diaz doing karaoke, please. (laughs) Uh, Bridesmaids' dresses, should they match? No. I don't think so either. No. And here's a tip, something I did on my wedding, is I went to all of my girls' closets and I picked a dress that they already owned. (gasps) I just chose a color palette and then I was like, okay, I just want something that's like pink or gray or blush or something. And then I just went in, because it was something that they already owned, they didn't have to buy, something that they already loved and that fit them. And it, my pictures came out amazing because no one was just like matchy-matchy. Yeah. And people were probably more confident, so the pictures looked good because they were confident. Yeah. And they were so thankful to me. And so they were able to do my beck and call, like anything I asked them to do. I've never heard that before. And I love that idea, pick something they own. I'm a I genius, love that. Danny. It, you really, <laughs> like, literally, my mind is flat. I got like, goosebumps. I'm, I'm like, a oh my God, that's such a good genius. idea. <laughs> um, okay. So, how long should an engagement last? As long as you want it to be. Like I was engaged for two and a half months. Some people have to save money and they're engaged for a year and a half. If you are really jittery about getting married, engagement's a really fun part. Yeah. Make it last. Yeah. Make Matt it last. and I have been engaged for over two years or maybe, I don't know if it's been two years yet. Not quite two years, but we just don't have any rush. I don't even know what we're going to do in terms of wedding stuff. If you're someone who wants to get married, I still think you should just be engaged for long enough to not have any drama. There's this couple, yeah. I watch Vanderpump Rules and there's yeah. this couple that got engaged recently, a couple weeks ago. And they just on the show had this big cheating scandal. They've had a lot of tumultuous times in their relationship. And I feel like they should at least have one solid year where there's no yes. cheating or no scandals, <laughs> right? Like It's probably a good barometer. <laughs> like, can you not cheat on me for a year before yeah, I marry like you? I think that, yeah. it, you know, it's fine to get engaged, but like, if you have scandals in the relationship, like at least wait one year without any sort of Craziness. I think a year is pretty customary anyway. Yeah. But also, fiance is fun to say. Yeah, yeah. So just like this is my fiance. Fiance. As long as you want. Okay, marry, fuck, kill. You know that game, right? Of course. Justin Thoreau, Brad Pitt, or George Clooney? Ooh, fuck Justin Thoreau. Mm -hmm. Marry George Clooney. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that would just be an exciting life. You're half the year in Italy, please. And I don't want to kill Brad Pitt, but also he's ruined uh, two great marriages. So yeah. why would I want to marry that person? <laughs> right. Yeah. I like that choice. I might. I think I might fuck Brad Pitt, but I don't know about current. I would like to fuck yeah, like fuck older old Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, if I could Benjamin Button Brad Pitt and mm-hmm. like have him go back in time, then yes, I would fuck like what was it, Legends of the Fall? Brad Pitt. Yes. Yes. Or meet Joe Black. I yes. think I'd want that one. Yes. Or when he was married to Gwyneth that time were they yeah engaged mm-hmm. see they it's a good thing that they had a long engagement mm-hmm. there you go there you go did they ever get married no no wow no. um jessica thank you so much what's the name of your podcast it's called the big day real talk about real weddings and where can people find it itunes stitcher spotify all the classic places everywhere you guys listen to this show go listen to that show subscribe to it rate and review it if you like it and tell a friend if you're if you have a friend who's planning a wedding it's wedding season i'm sure lots of people are planning wedding tell a friend to listen to it everyone go listen to it because it's so funny it's so real it's so good thank Love you, you thank Love you, you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. While you're on Facebook, please join the Everything Iconic Facebook group. And if you want to support this podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Over on Patreon, if you pledge $4 or more per month, not only are you helping to make this podcast, but you also get access to all of the bonus episodes, Real Housewives of New York recaps, and so much more. So please help us out if you can. I want to thank my sponsors, Samsung Technologies. I want to thank Whitney for producing. And please rate and review this podcast on iTunes if you like it. 
We will have new episodes every Monday and Thursday. I love you all so much for listening. Bye. Love you. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.